This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Welcome to the Doggish Podcast, the only podcast focused on the topics, events, and personalities impacting dog parents around the world. My name is Jason Arias, founder of Forever USA, the dog photography experience catered to you and the dog who stole your heart. As always, I have with me Miss Sylvia West, dog oh, mom, certified trainer, and pet expert. You can check her out over at Dog Up in This Bitch. How are you today? Um, still riddled with allergies, but super, super like just i don't want to say pumped because that would not accurately describe mm-hmm. the episode but just like honored to share this experience that we had with annie um it was very it was it was very touching and really good show it was and the, great and the impact that that a, a dog can have in in not just one person's life and but in a family and and where it can go from there yeah, spoiler alert, you're going to hear me blubbering, like blubbering. It was, yeah, she got me. It was a good show. Really good show. It was good. good. So, I can't wait to share it with can't you. Can't wait. Let's go ahead and jump straight to it. Let's get into it. So I'm, I, I'm excited to introduce you to, um, I met both of you guys on the, um, the Rescued Heroes Road Tour in 2019 as well. And Sylvia, uh, I met her down in uh, Southern California. Uh, and she's an amazing dog trainer. And then Annie, we were at um, a um, dog park. Like, uh, like I, I struggle to call it a dog park. So it's called Bark, uh, B-A-R-K, and it, or Bar K. And it's this. It is a huge dog park that's enclosed, <clears throat> but it's a professional dog park like they have trainers around everywhere and they've got restaurants and drinks and an indoor area and <clears throat> oh, uh, live music like this whole thing in fact they're coming on the show um it might be the the show after this one so okay um and annie is an author of and i have sam gets adopted yeah. and it's and it's, a, it's this incredible story um, and so when we launched the podcast, I knew that we wanted to have Andy on. So I'm excited to have you guys both here. Amazing. Thank you. Well, Andy, I'm super excited to talk to you because I don't know you. I didn't have the privilege of meeting you at this fancy indoor dog arena, if you will. Um, so yeah, so before we started, we were talking, we were chatting about black dogs and now I see Sam gets a dog adopted he's a black dog so um is this now a passion for you this kind of like black dog awareness it truly is a passion and i want to tell you why my husband and i were married and he had three little kids and they they didn't really want to come over to my house i talked him into moving in with me and they didn't really want to come over and i said why don't we get a dog and so we went to the local shelter and we had learned a little bit about black dog syndrome And we knew that they had trouble getting adopted. And 
Jay and I knew that we wanted to choose a dog that was already trained and we didn't have to potty train and, you know, teach them all the tricks and all that kind of stuff. So we were looking specifically for a black dog to rescue and we found Sam and he's five years old and he was very sad. He'd been surrendered by his first family and he was just real punk. And our youngest, Mary, finally kind of got him out of his shell a little bit. And we took him outside and he was so much fun and he was so excited. So we adopted him that very day and we brought him home. And um, he was just so great for our family. He helped us learn more about each other as we learned more about him. And he also just taught us that it's a wonderful opportunity to change a little dog's life by rescuing them. That's incredible. And for our listeners who might not be aware, do you want to just shed some light on black dog syndrome? So what we understand from black dog syndrome is that particularly older black um, mutts, as was Sam, that have the hardest time getting adopted. One of the reasons I've heard is because they're a little bit difficult to photograph the other reason is it, it seems to be scary to little kids, this dark dog. So we're not exactly sure all the reasons, but we know for a fact that they tend to be the ones who are adopted last and perhaps even euthanized because they linger so long for rescue. This is something that we became aware about a couple of years ago as well. And we heard the same thing that the, with the, the influx of Instagram and popularity of social media, um, that black dogs, because people struggle to photograph them with their phones and whether it's indoors or outdoors, um, that has, has seriously impacted, especially in rescues. Yeah. I mean, my first dog that I rescued, little Tallulah, who left us last November, she was a black dog. And I remember my husband and I would just crack up because you take a picture of her and she just disappears. Right. Like, and we have a dark couch. So you would photograph her and it'd just be like, all you'd see is like the shine of her eyes because she had black eyes too. So she would just completely disappear on you. Um, So that's, that's kind of... um, I, I could see why that would be. Did you know about that? So did you know, did you know about black dog? So we, we briefly talked about it. So the, there's a month and it's black dog awareness month and that's in February. And then there's the day, um, which is October 1st. So those are really far apart. <laughs> yeah, it, oddly enough, but did it's you know about that Sylvia? Um, I did not know. I mean, I knew about the awareness month, but I, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm not still versed myself on all of the particulars. Um, but I do know when I was looking for a puppy again, I did end up with another black dog. Um, cause I specifically told my rescue partner, like, no, I don't want a white dog. And she was like, I think you're the only person in the whole world who feels that way. <laughs> um, but well, I think um, some people might think that like the dark hair gets on furniture, even, I mean, it's kind of the exact opposite depending on what color couch I'm, but i've heard some really bad stories like i've heard somebody returning mm-hmm. a black dog because that they had had with their family for years and years and years because they got a white sofa oh wow i mean well we're gonna get more into this i want to hear all about sam getting adopted which is literally the title <laughs> of your book without too many spoilers of the book of course because um, we want our listeners to read your wonderful story but um all this when we get back from the break
Okay. So, so we're uh, sitting here talking about the book, Sam Gets Adopted with Annie. Um, and we've, I mean, we heard just the very intro about, um, you bringing Sam home and kind of getting him out of his shell and, and whatnot. What, what inspired you to do the book? Like what there, there had to have been like some kind of, is, is the right word precipice? Am I, am I pronouncing is precipice the right word of when you That's decided a good to, word. Yeah. I like that word. Thank you. When you decided to launch the book. So we lost Sam to cancer after six years, he lived to be 11. And we had just six years of his wonderful life. And during that time, the kids grew up. I grew up to be a better step monster. Um, it was just <laughs> really meaningful for all of us that Sam was in our lives. We walked with him. We played games with him. We taught him new tricks. We taught him how to swim, all kinds of fun things that taught us about ourselves and each other. And we realized that this was really a great story to share with others. So we decided after he passed that we would write a book about him. And it was going to be the story about us just going to get him. Was there something that triggered that? Was there something like a, was there a moment or a day or a conversation you can remember where you're sitting around, whether having dinner or maybe, I, I don't know. And you're like, you know what, we should... We should write well, truthfully, Jason, it was it was because we had to put him down. We had to make a very difficult decision, and um, it it was it was a way of us thanking him. I'm going to cry. Um, Seriously, I'm getting very so emotional. Important. Yeah, he was so important to us and our family, and so it was a way that we we told him as we had to put him down that it was that he was that important to us. And that would we would remember him the way he was in a book. And then once we wrote the first one, we started writing the others. Um, so every book is just something that Sam did with us as his family. So um, each book, and I think we've, we're up to 12 now that we've written and we're going to publish one every year. And we have the wonderful illustrator. Um, it's each book is about something that Sam did with us and it's our way of remembering him. I think that was one of the things that I really enjoyed when I read the book, you know, for the first time and reading it, reading it with the kids was the, um, there is a sense of realism to it. Like there is a very strong feeling that you get when you're reading the book that this was an experience that you went through, which is amazing. Right. And there are lots of really popular books and even some movies about dogs who think and they travel and they do all this interesting non-dog-like stuff. Mm -hmm. We wanted to have a very, very real, authentic experience in each book that Sam enjoyed well, actually, Sam goes on an airplane, which he did not enjoy, but it's real. <laughs> right. Um, so that that was kind of the point of it is to help people understand what happens with a dog. You know, what do you do with the dog in everyday life? That's incredible. Yeah. And so who does the like the writing? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there, Sylvia. Well, I'm the primary writer, the kids have been very helpful in helping me remember how Sam responded to certain activities that we like to put in the book. And we also, in children's books, you have to have some tension. Mm -hmm. So one of the questions I wanted to ask you guys today and see what you thought, we've got a book coming out this year called Sam Goes Shopping. So at the end of the first book, 
Mary says, dad, dad, we've got to take him shopping. He needs all this stuff. And so we actually go to the big store and he tries out the beds and he chooses um, a toy and all that kind of stuff. You know, typical activity <laughs> love that. with the dog. But one of the conversations that we had, and this is what I'm curious from you guys to know, and maybe your listeners will chime in also, is if um, we can talk about our nervousness before we went about him peeing or pooping on the floor at the store. <laughs> this is a very common concern that any person with their dog out in public has. Mm-hmm. And we remembered from the book, the adopted book, that that he was potty trained. And we have a little conversation about that. And, and then we just say, okay, well, we're going to have to just keep a really close eye on him because we don't want him to pee in the store. And then if he does, if he doesn't, we'll get him a toy. So that's kind of the tension that we built in the book. Mm. And kind of, you, you kind of worry about the whole time that he might pee on the floor and not get his toy. Um, so I'm just wondering how parents, Oh, Sam. Yes. <laughs> I'm wondering about how parents feel that we address this in a book for early readers. So these are four, five, six, seven, eight, nine-year-olds. Well, really, children of any age like these books. I like yeah. the book. Yeah, I would probably like the book. Um, I'm a child at heart. Um, I mean, I think that that's so valuable, especially because something that I I always kind of pick up from children's books is we obviously want our children. For those of us who have children, I don't. But we want the children to be able to see themselves in the book and and or relate to a character in the book. So even though the book is about a dog, like a child will see themselves in the dog somewhere. And so I think that the value of having kind of like a reward-based system is so healthy, A, in how we look at our dogs and the responsibility of owning a dog, especially for young kids who really, really want dogs, but maybe don't understand the ramifications of caring for a living animal. Um, I think it's a really healthy kind of juxtaposition to present to help kids learn the value of responsibility of keeping your eyes on your dog. And like, yes, we can go all these places. And, you know, this is a responsibility, not just to the animal, but to like the other patrons of the store and how they might feel about your dog being there. So I find it really insightful that you're including that. Well, it's a real concern. So I've been asking around and I I appreciate that, Sylvia, because it's um, important to get the book right. Mm. I think the other part too is that like, um, it doesn't have to be like a long drawn out portion of the book. And the, the problem and solution is so quick and easy and positively handled. I mean, every time that I've gone to one of those stores, if one of the dogs has a mess, most of the good quality stores, the people are there to quickly clean it up or there's little stations that are right there to clean it up too. So if, um, if this is the first time that somebody's being, excuse me, being exposed to having that experience, like, so they're reading this in the book, knowing that I'm going to go to one of these stores and that it's going to be a non-embarrassing, comfortable situation to deal with. That is, that might help parents get over that, that concern as well. There are tons of children's books about potty training. Right. I couldn't find a single reference to a dog book with the topic. So I think we're going to go for it. I think you should. I think it's so 
uh, think it's multi-layered definitely because mm-hmm. all children's books are there's like so many messages in there and it's always up for someone's interpretation so i think any kid's going to hear a message in there that they need to hear which i you know i i think really is what's going to is what the value of the story you're telling is and we really need it the tension you have to have a moment of tension that the kids kind of think about through the book mm-hmm. a lesson you know a, a lesson, lesson to be learned right. definitely so in um we, we did release Sam Sees Santa Claus this year at Christmas, well, Amazing. 2020. And it's a super cute book, too, and it's probably the only one that's, um, you know, kind of fiction, just because Santa. Sure. But he, <laughs> the tension in that book is basically, we tell him his favorite food is carrot and cookie. These are his favorite snacks. And, of course, that's what you leave out for Santa and the reindeer. And they literally were his favorite foods. So the whole tension in this book is whether or not he will eat the cookies. And <laughs> eat the Santa's carrots. cookies. Yeah. And the reindeer's carrots. Oh, boy. Before Santa gets there. So it's super cute. And um, it, there's, there's always nervousness. So when the kid says, uh-oh, he might eat um, you know, you've, you know, you've captured the tension that you need in this age book, mm. age group book. Amazing. It's cute. It's really cute. The illustrations were a lot harder in the Santa book. Um, I can imagine. Mm-hmm. But then we have a wonderful Hallmark artist. He was 29 years at Hallmark, which luckily, luckily that's the headquarters here in Kansas City. And he'd never done a, a children's book. And he's a beautiful illustrator. And yeah, the cover is adorable. I love that picture of Sam. What I, I didn't, didn't I, like, I, I was blown away to find out that you have 12 books now. Well, we've written them. Oh, okay. Um, we're only bringing them out one at a time, one year at a time. So how many are out right work. now for, for the public? Just the two. And one's the coming two, out this year. Okay. Yeah, the two are on Amazon right now in paperback, hardback, and as ebooks. Okay. So yeah, you I, can get Sam I was like adopt. freaking out. Like I was like, oh my when God. Does, I am way when behind. does Sam go shopping come out? Well, I think we're we're probably gonna try to get him out in June. Okay. Uh, he's with the illustrator now. And um, they're just waiting for me to decide whether or not we're gonna have that tension of uh, conversation. And but he's there now and the designer's ready. It's um it's a lot of work to put together a little book. Yeah. Takes a lot of different moving parts, but I think it'll be on by June and then we'll probably um, promote Christmas in July with Santa again. Cause we actually sold out Santa this year. Oh, wow. Last Christmas. We, we completely sold out of even Amazon. We just didn't anticipate the interest in it. Um, so we're going to have a Christmas in July for everybody who didn't get one last year. Oh, that would be me because I didn't get one and I want one. And we should uh, we talked about it just a second ago, too. So we should give him some credit. You were talking about the the illustrator. Uh, John Keeling is his name. Uh-huh. Right. So. Um, definitely well done, John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I and he's, he has LinkedIn. That he's on Facebook and LinkedIn also. Amazing. Mm-hmm. We'll work, take this moment to take a quick break and uh, we'll be right back. So during the break, 
Annie, you were telling us about how difficult writing a children's book is. Um, so talk to talk to our listeners now about this this photo shoot that you did with Sam, because I just think that that's so special. Well, we knew Sam was full of cancer in his snout and he pretty much had a headache all the time. And it just wasn't a good situation. So we made the decision to go ahead and and uh, let him go over the Rainbow Bridge. Um, but I knew that we were going to do the book. We'd already started talking about the book. And um, so we did a professional photo shoot with him so we could capture him with all these different looks on his face and different postures and in different ways that he interacted with us so that we could share that with the illustrator once we found him. And that finding the illustrator took me 10 years. So Sam's wow. been gone since 2005. And then I spent the next 10 years looking for the right illustrator, finally found him. And then we were able to share with him all the photographs that we took so that he could consistently capture Sam when he was smiling, when he was happy, when he was sad, when he was curious, all these different adjectives that describe his, his, his features, whether in body or in face, so that we could use them properly in the book. Little kids are mm, tough with books. If you, you mix something up or you forget something or you you just do it out of sequence they catch it every time so we had to be very very careful about consistency with the way sam looks and and feels wow they're hyper perceptive hyper right surprisingly they, they can't remember to put away the orange juice but they'll definitely catch all that stuff well they don't care about putting away the orange juice. <laughs> <laughs> they do care about sam sorry my orange juice was trip. not put away this morning so it's fresh in my mind i i felt a little bit of tension there jason <laughs> You know, what we found with these books is that these shelters love these um, as gifts for their donors to share the story about how important it is to rescue a dog. And um, we've been very um, happy about that because we want to support rescue. I think the other yeah. thing that I love, and this is like a huge, strong passion of, of ours, is ending the stigma of rescues. And mm -hmm. like like this idea that they're broken or something's wrong with them or whatever it may be. Um, getting more stories out there showing the impact that they've had more on our lives than, than anything that we could have ever had on, on their lives is phenomenal. So I love that too. What are some, that was, that was part of our reasoning, Jason, because we did, the kids and I just really didn't know each other very well mm -hmm. when Jay and I were married. And um, the talk was just this healing factor for all of us. Somehow we were able to just get to know him. And, and as a result, we got to know each other. But we didn't ever really have to, you know, play 20 questions. The awkwardness of just getting acquainted was um, real. And so with Sam, he just eased that path so quickly and gently. And it turned out that later we were able to recognize how important he was to all of us as a result of just helping us get to know each other. Annie, you are just making me a mess this morning. I mean, seriously. Sorry, I uh, cry about this too. And I miss him so much. But, you know, he had to go, man. He was he was done. He'd yeah. done all he could for us. And um, we had to tell him goodbye. And I think, honestly, like, the thing that we really try to get across in this podcast, as I'm, like, sobbing, for those of you who are <laughs> watching me right now, but just listening to me, um, the thing that we really try to get across is this human animal bond and the value that a dog 
can bring into a family's life. And I think that you've just so eloquently kind of illustrated what it is to bring a dog into your life and how seamlessly they can create a family and how much a part of that family unit they really are. And I think that as a society, we're valuing dogs less as property and more as family. And I just think that what an impactful thing to do and how brilliant to create a book about a rescue dog, just doing normal dog things, um, not being super fantastical um, and not being super sad either, but just being normal, I think is um, a powerful aid in ending the stigma about rescue. We, we have a book um, that is called Sam Looks for a Job. And he goes around and he meets all these dogs that have jobs, right? This is what you're referring to, Sylvia. Mm -hmm. Some of them are amazing. There are dogs who can sniff out cancer, bombs. There are dogs who save people, um, you know, in the mountains. There are dogs who lead the blind. There were dogs in World War II that were strapped in vests and they had morphine and cigarettes and they went out on the battlefield and delivered morphine and cigarettes to the wounded soldiers. And there are all these jobs that dogs can have and every day you read about a new job that a dog can have because they're so smart and they have such amazing sense of smell well mm. sam goes around and meets all these guys <laughs> and we talk about their different I jobs love that. but he, in the end chooses just to be our family dog it's okay mm. just to be a dog that just yeah. stays home and keeps track of everybody and that that's what he preferred and so you're right. There are some amazing animals out there, but this guy, he was just a dog. We ran into that. But that is a superpower, I think, yeah, too. Yeah. yeah. We ran into that conversation a ton when we were photographing for the, the rescue book that we do. We would talk to people and tell them about the book project, see if they're interested in signing up. And they said, well, my dog doesn't have any kind of special story. And like that was that was sad for me, because most of the time, if you talk to somebody, the story, that the impact that their dog has had on their life is by far more impactful than uh, uh, a dog that we would consider special or whatever, like in the news has had on somebody else's life. Like those, these are things that we need to be celebrating with our, mm -hmm. with our animals at home. So we, we had to play catch with Sam every day. He loved the tennis ball so much, so, so much. So we, we exercised every day. We went on walk, we played tennis ball with him. We, he liked to play tug of war. I mean, every day we were able to exercise because of Sam, which is absolutely awesome. Most people don't. <laughs> and that, that was a real refresher for us. It just caused us to go out and do things. And um, he also just helped us consider our plans. What were we doing? What, can Sam go? Will Sam need to stay home? You know, all that kind of stuff. We, we, we were considerate and learned to be considerate as a result of him. And the kids grew up in this environment and um, they all have dogs. They're all grownups now. They all have dogs. One, one's a veterinarian. Wow. Um, yeah. And knows all about all kinds of little animals. And we feel like Sam really catapulted us to that next level of giving and caring about animals in general, just because mm -hmm. he had a hard start. And um, he came to us and brought so much value. So you're right. You guys are absolutely right. And I, I'm sure tons and tons of people can tell that story. Absolutely. And I think so many people undervalue 
that story, which is, I think, what Jason is saying, you know, like, my first rescue dog, I didn't really, I knew she was a rescue, but I was 20, and I didn't really understand, like, the value of that, and I brought her into my life, and she completely changed the course of my life, the path of my life to what it is now, where, like, now I'm actually a dog professional, and my mission is keeping dogs and families together as a dog trainer, so... I probably wouldn't be doing what I'm doing had I not adopted this little black papillon um, that I literally originally said she looked like a rat when I saw her in the, in the rescue center. I was like, ugh. Um, my now husband, who then was just a friend, was like, oh, look at this cute little papillon. And I was like, she looks like a rat. Um, cut to three hours later and I had her home and that was that. Now I'm a crazy dog mom with dog calendars and a dog podcast. Um <laughs> But I think the Hi. other thing, too, that I really want to double down on mm. is that your your dog doesn't have to inspire you to get into the dog business or totally. to write a book or do, like the hero in your life can literally just be somebody that is there to sit on the couch and watch TV with you and just give you a sense of calm. Like that is so understated to be your best friend, to be there unconditionally. Uh, one of the things that like I love personally about having dogs in the house is and I, I still haven't figured out the right way to say this, but they don't give a crap about our problems, right? So they, so they don't allow us to fester on those problems. Like, like when we have best friends or we sit down, how are things going? Like, it feels like, okay, I've got to open up and talk about like, there's this problem and that problem. And it kind of keeps it at the surface where you get home and you have a dog that's just happy to see you regardless of good or bad. You don't have to sit and talk about that problem. You can, they're still happy, but it's just a moment of just being able to detach and relax and spend some time that it has no drama. You guys see what I'm saying? Like, again, I, I spoken I like a true man. Am I right, Annie? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, no drama, <laughs> no drama. Um, no. And I think that that's just, you know, what, just reiterating what Annie said about how Sam was really able to just allow her family to be a family, even though they weren't one yet. One of the things that we struggled with is that very topic in the first book, when Sam was able to sh share with us that he liked us. And I don't know if you remember that page where his tail won't stop wagging and it won't ever stop wagging and wagging and wagging. And so that's how we showed his interest and love for us almost immediately. And that's what you get when you come home. You know, you see these videos all the time on YouTube or whatever of soldiers coming home. And they haven't seen their dog in a year and the dog just jumps all over them and wags their tail like mad. And they're just so happy to see him. It, we really struggled with that. And that's how we addressed it with the tail wagging, but cause we weren't real big on licking. Um, but lots of people like their dogs to actually kiss them. And um, we weren't real big on that, but, but kissing and wagging is a big, big deal with dogs. And they do, they just don't need to hear about your problems. They just want you to know that they love you. That's it. That's it. And it's that's so my favorite part. Like that is my absolute favorite part. They're just the happiness. Mine too. All right. When we come back, um, we only have a little bit of time left with Annie, but uh, more when we get back from this break. So 
So something else that you've kind of brought up a couple times, Annie, is um, what you've learned writing these books. And some of it's been like, you know, that kids catch this or that you have to increase tension or like, what are some other things that maybe you like writing a book? I, I know that this is going to inspire a lot of people to want to consider doing this as well. And I, I, I love that, that people want to be able to share their stories even more. That's incredible. Um, but like, what are some things that you've picked up along the way? Not necessarily how to write a book, but something that the book's taught you. So I have learned a lot about book writing. That's for sure. But one thing that's been really important is how the involvement of an adult with a child who's learning to read changes the life of the child. Mm. We know now um, that if a child in second grade is not reading to the second grade level, the likelihood is they will not graduate high school. And there are intervention programs after school that are provided now to get kids back up to grade their grade. So they're monitoring kindergartners, first graders, and second graders now to make sure they're reading at grade level. We have given a lot of books to teachers and asked them to share the book with the kids. And not only did the kids learn about reading, they learned about caring for a dog, but they also lose themselves in the book and the joy of the book and the adventure of the books. And as a result, we feel like it's an opportunity to help a kid be more interested in reading because if they can't read, it's not good. So the whole goal of getting the, the books in the hands of these little kids, the early readers, like four to eight is really important. I think that that's so, I mean, you really are on a mission here, Annie, you're just hitting, you're like, got to take care of the kids, got to take care of the black dogs, got to take care of, um, I mean, it's, it's absolutely incredible. And uh, what a, what a way to honor Sam and give back to the impact that he's made in your lives. So I'm kind of guessing here were the kids around that age when you adopted Sam? Right. The kids were five, nine and 12. Wow. And, so is this um, kind of like the story that you would have given to them when they were that age, if you could have given them a book? Yes, that's what we had all kinds of books, of course. And what we did was we spent a lot of time reading aloud to each other. So we passed the book around so everybody would get to read a couple of pages. And of course, everybody had different levels of learning, but we were generous in giving plenty of time to the five-year-old as we were you know, forcing the 12 year old to sit with us. It was just such a great family opportunity. Um, but gosh, there, there's so many lessons to learn, but I just think the books that you give kids really matter. You have to give them something that interests them so that they will want to read, not just give them stuff to read. So you can prove that they can or will learn to read. Mm. And Dog books are really great, especially if a family is trying to decide whether or not to adopt a dog or even get a dog. This 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 series is almost educational in nature because it it tells about real adventures. It's the real way to take care of a dog. Did you have any um, passion or previous history writing books or anything like that before? Oh, yes. My friend and I have written four guided journals, which these books are ones that you fill out and they're about your, yourself. And it's about the four major components of your life. 
So birth, marriage, buying a home, and retiring. The, uh, the number one book in our series is called Read This When I'm Dead. And you tell about yourself, and you tell about your stuff, and you tell about your funeral wishes, and you leave it for your people. And it's hilarious. So much fun to fill out. <laughs> the world. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely hilarious. And again, it's something that everybody needs to do. And so, and then the anniversary book you fill out every year on your anniversary and the birthday book you fill out for a kid on their birthday every year. And then you give it to them on their 21st birthday and the house book, you keep track of vendors and paint chip colors and renovations and how much money you've, you've invested in your home. And th these are kind of the four biggies in life. So yes, we had written four guided journals before I tackled Sam. Well. Okay, and then my question to you is, did you have a vested interest in animal welfare before getting Sam? Like, was Sam your first rescue, your first dog? Like, how did you veer into that sector? Was it always a passion of yours? I, I've always been a rescuer. We had a dog when I was a child who was a, um, they tried to make him be a police dog, but he was a hybrid dog. He was a German shepherd and um, a collie. Mm. And he didn't pass the test. He was too nice. And somehow he <laughs> curse up, that collie. Yeah. He somehow ended up at our house and he was very, very protective of us. The kids, the whole, all the kids in the neighborhood, he was very, very protective. So I've always had a warm spot because of that failure Duke had um, as a, as a professional, but as such a success he was for us as a family. And then well, the next time I was able to adopt was in our, out of college. And we adopted a little, little dog named Muttley. And um, he was a cute <laughs> little dog and a beagle who dug under all the fences. And yeah, we've been, nobody, nobody changed my life like Sam, though. Mm. Nobody. There's wow. always one. There's always that. He was your soul dog, it sounds yeah. like. Well, he came at a time when we needed help. You know, melding families, which is about 50% of America now, blending families is tricky. It's very tricky. Um, and so Sam was able to help us just bridge that gap with a lot less drama. And so now he's love. inspired. So we, so there's the two books. That's that are out beautiful. Now, and there's nine more that are coming. Two are out. One's being published this year. And we have written nine others. Mm-hmm. That are in the works. Like, um, you know, he, I can tell you some of the titles, but he, he, um, he goes to the kennel when we go on vacation. Mm -hmm. He goes to the vet to get his shots. You know, we learn all the reasons why you, you need to do this. Um, so he goes on an airplane. He has a birthday party. We had a birthday party and invited all our friends and they brought their dogs. Hilarious. And I in that, that. Way, we're putting a little recipe for um, dog treats that you can make at home. Um, so there, there are all kinds of little adventures that we can write about. He, um, he goes to the groomer, he goes to the lake. He really didn't like the lake, but he learned to swim in the lake. And, um, and then of course the one I haven't written is goes over the rainbow bridge. I can't, mm -hmm. I'm not quite there yet, but I'll need to write that because that's an important part of having animals. We tend to outlive all of our animals. So, um, that that will need to be accomplished as well. That'll be a tough one, but that is really important. Yes. And again, Annie. 
just no, sorry, I'm killing not us this morning. I'm not to make you cry. No, I mean, it's just beautiful. Okay, well, unfortunately, we are at the end of our show. Um, fortunately for me, because I think if I blubber anymore, I might lose my job as a host. Um, but uh, we do end our show in a very special way. If you haven't heard one of our podcasts yet, um, Jason, would you like to? Uh, You're asking me to shift gears from 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 sad to to yeah, and just on a on a, on a good on a good happy note. I, I desperately need one of your dog dad okay, well, jokes. Let me ask morning. one more question and then we're going to get to the dog dad joke. Okay. All right. Okay. So where can we buy these books, Annie? Oh, yes. The best place is on Amazon. Okay. And D- Sam gets adopted. Sam sees Santa Claus. Or you can just look up my name, Annie Presley. Annie Presley. And they're all there. And you can get them in any format that you want. Hardback, softback, ebook. Okay. And Amazing. we'll have the, we'll have those all linked in the, in the show as well. We will link it in the show notes. Yep. Okay. okay. You guys ready? Yes. Okay. Right. <clears throat> oh boy. Wow. <laughs> the anticipation. Wow. Okay. <laughs> she okay. says, wow. <laughs> what do you call a dog with a surround system? A surround sound system. Sorry. What do you call a dog with a surround sound system? Uh, cone head. A subwoofer. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> okay, that one was good. Cute. That one was good. That was cute. I could only think about that cone they wear when they aren't supposed right. to lift their paws or whatever. It's true. Good that one. makes sense. Oh my goodness. Well, Annie, well, thank you good. so thank much you for so much, all Annie. your time today. You like, guys are awesome too. We're have have to, we'll have you back on the show, like uh, maybe in June or something like that when your next book's coming out. Yeah. Talk about that. That'd be great. I'll keep you posted. That's amazing. Thanks, so Annie. nice to meet you, Jason. So, so nice lovely to meet you. you. Great seeing you again. I'll talk to you soon later. Just want to take a quick second to rethank Annie for coming on and just sharing this wonderful story about Sam and what it is to just be a regular dog in a family. And uh, as always, thank everybody for listening, tuning in with us this week. Now, anything that you heard today, including the links for where to buy the Sam series, you can find in our show notes as per usual. If you're not already, please make sure you are subscribed so that you can stay updated on all of the wonderful guests that we will be sharing with you. And if there is a guest or personality or topic that we are not covering that you want us to cover, please let us know. This is the Dogish Podcast. We want to talk about all things dogs for dog families, just like you, just like Annie's, just like mine, just like yours. Right, Jason? Yes. And uh, we get to tell people about an exciting little thing that Annie gave to us right after we stopped recording the show. To, oh, heck yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get to wait, give away five books. Yes. Uh, so we'll, we'll give that away um, either over on Facebook or Instagram or something like that. We'll find a fun way to do that. So make sure that you check Absolutely. out everybody's social media accounts. And um, we're going to give five people a book. Sweet. Um, secretly hoping that one of those five people is me. I'm just kidding. Um, thank you again, everyone, for listening and uh, enjoy our giveaway. See you later.